we're in um, John's th third, third John, if you want, the third epistle of John, this trilogy that we were looking at and discovering about um, uh, John telling us that the believer must be a believer who's filled with God's love and a believer who has this deep-seated love for God's truth. I trust that that's you today, that you really love the truth of God and you love God and you love your fellow man and want God's truth to reach your fellow man because of your love and because of God's love for him. That's the sort of um, character John seems to be, and that's what he portrays to us. He's going to introduce us to three individuals in this um, text today. We're going to meet Gaius, who was um, a faithful believer, who loved God, loved God's truth, and made that clear within this church. We're going to meet Diotrephes, who was a man who um, loved the preeminence, but didn't really follow God's truth. In fact, he rejected the truth. And we're going to meet um, Demetrius, who was a, a believer who made great sacrifice because of truth and wanted to see God's name honored and glorified. So our text opens in a way with them um, in 3 John here with these words, the elder, that's John himself, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. He's got this deep love of Gaius because of the truth. Um, dear friend, I pray that you're prospering in every way and are in good health, just as your whole life is going well. So that, that's John's prayer for this faithful worker of the gospel, that he's prospering, that he's doing well, that his health is good, and he wants to see, he just wants to see this, this man declare this truth faithfully. <clears throat> For I was very glad when fellow believers came and testified to your fidelity to the truth. Uh, it's most likely that Gaius had um, sort of uh, welcomed fellow travelers, fellow preaching travelers into his home, and as he, as he was there with them, they, they took a good testimony away from all of that about what God was wanting to do in, in, in their own lives. And they would report that back to, to John. So the name of, of Gas was continually coming before him and coming to him in a very positive nature, a very positive way. You know, I, I wonder what is what sort of um, interpretation of life do, do people have about us? Do they always see us as being those loving caring, faithful, genuine believers who love God's truth and who love the people as well? Or are we oftentimes perhaps like some others that, that we want all this recognition, respect and so on, and they just see somebody that that, that isn't exuding, isn't declaring uh, the love of uh, Jesus Christ as would be expected, even as is declared in the scriptures. But Gaius was such a man, he was declaring that. And so John continues, um, you're walking in the truth and encourages him. I have no greater joy than this to hear that my my children are walking in the truth, says John. I'm really thrilled that that you as one of my one of my sort of converts, you're walking in the truth. It's a, an encouraging time for me, John. This is our guys, this is a really good thing. And then we read in verse five, dear friend, you're acting faithfully and whatever you do for the brothers and sisters, especially when they're strangers. So he tells guys here, brother guys, you're doing such good good work. You're you're carrying out this faithful love for God. You're declaring the truth, and and even you you're, you're even showing this this love beyond your own area, beyond your on your own fellowship, beyond your own beyond your own front door. You're reaching out to help other perhaps missionaries, other pastors, other church leaders. You're supporting some of them financially. You're sharing the love and truth with them. And they're then declaring that to other regions and other places. So, so guys, you're part of this extensive ministry, and it's a really good thing. And you're doing it even when they're strangers. You don't even know some of these people, but you know their testimony. 
and you're doing that for them. So it's a bit like you supporting a, a missionary or a pastor who's serving overseas or in a remote location, a Christian worker. And you know, you've never maybe never met them, but you're praying for them. You're encouraging them. You're financially giving to them. You're wanting to see their ministry, which is the gospel ministry, reach locations and hear people coming to, to, to know Christ, to see the church established and growing. And so you're part of all of that. And that's exactly what he's talking about here. We'll maybe never meet some of these people this side of heaven, but we will meet them in glory. And then he says, they have testified these, these traveling preachers to your love before the church. You do well to send them on a, on their journey in a manner worthy of God. You're giving to them just like God is giving to them. Um, guys, you're just being faithful in every possible way. So, so keep that up. Be encouraged in that since they set out for the sake of the name, which is important, they're doing this. They've left their homeland. They've left the security of life that they once knew because of the name. That is the name of Almighty God, the name of Jesus Christ, the name of bringing glory to him. That's what they want to be about. And he says they accept nothing from pagans. They don't accept stuff from the world because they want to know that God's behind them. They want to know the church is there with them. They want to know Jesus is the one directing them and leading them. Therefore, we ought to support such people that we can be co-workers with the truth. He says that's what we want to do. We want to be helping these people, supporting them and seeing them do the good things about the truth. He then moves on from that to speak about um, Diotrephes and Demetrius. Uh, I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have first place among them, does not receive our authority. So I've sent these letters to the church to encourage the believers. I've sent these messages to really uplift the believers. But, but I realize that Diotrephes, this man who loves to have the preeminence, loves to be first in all things, loves to be recognized in all things, he doesn't receive our authority. He doesn't recognize us as being servants of God. He, he, he doesn't want to recognize anybody above himself. So he puts himself up as being the sole authority of the church, the one who calls the shots in, in the church, the one who says, this is what has to happen. The one who says, I'm the authority. <clears throat> excuse me, the one who says, I'm the authority, you must listen to what I say, you must listen to what I do. Uh, and John's very unhappy with all of that, because this man is not a man of truth, he's a man of preeminence, he wants to have this recognition. You know, I can't help but recollect faces um, of people that have been like diatrophies. Oftentimes in a church, you get that. And these people, they, they want to have that preeminence. They want to have the recognition. They want to have the praise. They want to have the control. And so this is a real statement against that. This is saying, hey, that's not of God. That's not the way God works. That's not what brings glory and honor to the Lord. So don't be that person. Be a person who says, I want to have the love of God being expressed in my life. I want truth from God to be expressed through that love. That's what I want. And this is far from that. He continues here. This is why I, if I come, I will mind him of the works he is doing. So diatrophies get ready because if I come there, says John, I'm going to confront you. I'm going to remind you of what you're doing. That's church leadership at its best. <clears throat> that's, um, that, that's what needs to happen within the church today. We need to have this uh, whole statement of there, it's got to be church discipline. If you live like that, and that's in a way that's opposing God, then the leaders of the church are called by God to step up and to, to discipline you with the intent of drawing you back to that place of following Christ, walking with him and glorifying him. Of course, that would be the great hope, 
the great hope here for Diotrephes, but he wasn't really interested in all of this. Uh, John continues, I remind him of the work he's doing, and he's he's slandering us with malicious words. He's putting statements out there about us. You know, there's no joke about um, we roast the pastor over lunch, but it's not a good thing to do. The word of God tells us it's not a good thing to do, but somehow we think it's just a bit of fun. It's okay, but we know there's a, a very malicious side to it. And John here is saying, here's this man speaking with malicious words against an apostle, against leaders of the church. That doesn't go unnoticed and that doesn't go uh, without recompense to it. It's got to be addressed and dealt with. And he is not satisfied with that, says John. There's more. He not only refuses to welcome fellow believers, he doesn't want to know them, but he even stops those who want to do so and expels them from the church. He's putting people out of the church. This is definitely a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is a man who's far from uh, one who's embraced the truth. And so then John writes here in verse 11, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Don't look at the life of that man. Look at the life of, of the godly people. Look at the life of those who, who love Jesus and love his truth. Now, now, don't put the love in front of the truth. Let the two mesh together and breathe together and work together and lift uh, lift up Christ and his, his ways together. Love and truth together. So don't imitate what is evil. Don't do that. But, but, but imitate what is good. And the one who does good is of God. Uh, the one who does evil has not seen God, has no knowledge of God, no understanding of God, no relationship with God. They may say they, they belong to him. They may say they follow him, but they, they don't have that relationship in any way with him. And so you want to be this person who, who follows God, who loves God, walks with God, and brings glory and honor to God in, in every step, in every way of life. Of course, all of the good works that we do, that they come from God. They're not from us. We're incapable of that. Paul tells us that. So these good works have been prepared beforehand. And so we now live them out. We declare them. It's like a gift back to, to God himself. That's why we do these things that we do. And then John continues in verse 12 with these words. He says, in sort of contrast to that, everyone, everyone speaks well of Demetrius, um, even the truth itself. Imagine everyone speaking well of you. Imagine everyone being able to say, you're a person of faith. You're a person of truth. You're a person who declares love. You're genuine. You're the real deal as a believer. That's where you want to get to. That's where you want to get to, indeed. That, that's so um, necessary for us to have as believers holding a testimony, for the church holding a testimony in the community in the area in which they live. So everyone speaks well of Demetrius. That's so good. This is a, they recognize him. This is a brother. This is a fellow traveler in Christ. This is a, a lover of God and a lover of truth. This man is the real thing. Even in, fa in fact, the truth itself speaks well of Demetrius. The truth, in, if it could speak, saying, hey, Demetrius is a man of God. This is a person who really loves God and loves his truth. And we also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. So there's nobody's got a negative word about this man, Demetrius. He's a godly man. He's a good man. I want to challenge you, men especially. We need to step up today and say, leaders of the church, yes, we're going to be like Demetrius. We're going to be people who love God, people who love truth, and we're going to stand there, and we're going to live out this truth in a way that is um, honorable to God and is for the benefit of a fellow man who can come to know, to him, come to know uh, his need of knowing Jesus Christ 
as being his Lord and Savior. And then, of course, John's going to wrap all of this time up. He's going to say farewell if you want. He says, I have many things to write to you. I have lots more to bring to your attention, people. I want you to grasp this stuff. I want you to get it. Uh, but I don't want to write to you with pen and ink. I don't want to do that because he knows something gets lost in translation in that sense. It's kind of like when you send a, an email out there and then you think, oh, that could be misunderstood. It probably will be. And you rethink it all. And you look at it again and think, yeah, it probably could be. Sometimes it's better just to go and sit with the person or persons and be able to look them in the eye and say, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I, I want to tell you. Here's what I want to declare to you. Of course, um, Diotrephes is going to be um, quite nervous if John comes because he knows he's going to be confronted. He's going to be challenged. He's going to be directly challenged about truth. And that's the way it should be, too. He comes here with the intention of loving God, loving truth, and therefore he has to challenge and confront this supposed believer who says, I, I love Jesus, I love God, but I live as I want. Uh, and John says, that's not how you do this at all. We know that from previous times. So he says, I have many things to write to you, but I, I want to come and do that. I want to come and sit face to face. I hope to see you soon. And we will talk face to face. Uh, this is a man who says, I just want to be with my brothers and sisters and be encouraged. And I want to encourage them because the, the body of Christ needs that encouragement. I want to encourage you this weekend, when you go to your fellowship, when you go to your church, give them buoyancy. Encourage the minister. Encourage the leaders. And encourage the Christian workers there. They need that because, believe it or not, as they try to feed you, they're probably struggling oftentimes, sinking down into the midst of depression or whatever. So you can give them buoyancy. You can lift them up. You can tell them that you really appreciate them and that you love their message of truth and you love how they stand for truth because that's what this is about. Remember, truth is essential to your faith. So then John concludes, peace to you. I want to give this shalom to you. I want you to really catch the whole shalom of Christ here, this oneness, this fellowship we have in Jesus Christ alone. Shalom to you. The friends send you greetings. Uh, greet the friends by name. Tell them one by one. I, I think of them. I pray for them. I love them. I I'm looking forward to being with you and seeing them all together. That's what I want uh, to do and to enjoy together. So with all of that, there's a couple of things I just want to bring to our attention as we wrap up here. And that is, um, you know, John has been telling us lots of things about love, lots of things about truth. So here's some of the, the, the sort of catch points, if you want, that we've have come to our attention. We need to realize that God has a love for us and, and he sent Christ to, to save us from our sin. That's one of his main emphasis of his message. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to be your redeemer. Um, you, you, we have a need to love one another just as Christ loves us we've got this deep need and we want to love one another just as jesus loves us let our love for each other be like that that sacrificial um remember the love that demetrius has that sacrificial love for others we want to have that same sacrificial love for one another and um because of their love for god and his truth the, these brothers and sisters are to test the spirits, to test the teachers as to who is teaching the truth. Check out who's teaching the truth. Don't just buy in and say, that sounds okay. Check the whole testimony. Check their stance for God. Check out if this is really truth. It's important. And, you know, their love for God will cause them, the, the, as believers, our love for God is going to cause us to continually check sin in our own lives. We're going to look at our own lives first before we look at everybody else, look at our own life and say, wait a minute, I've got to address this sin in my life. 
I've got problems here. I want it to be done away with. I'm going to put that sin to death. We're to expose the Antichrists um, who come about. That's the false teachers, the false teachers who creep in, who try and attract us away. They come in as wolves in sheep's clothing. They tell us stories. They tell us nice things. But they're not all about God's truth, and they're not expressing God's love. So I want you to buy into being one of these believers who looks and says, I'm going to check that against the word of God and, and really make sure this is of, of, of him entirely. Um, if we're to truly love God and keep his commands, then we must be faithful in loving his truth. We say that we want to, and John has told us, hey, keep his commands, keep his commands, keep his commands. Well, let's do that and let's express that uh, as we love his truth, because loving his truth, we're going to keep his commands. So John has reminded us, he's the disciple of love, and he obviously um, that's obvious that he is, but his desire to love is birthed in his desire for God's truth. And I trust that your desire for, for love for others will be birthed and founded in a love of God's truth. Dig into the word of God. The word of God will cause us to tell this world that Jesus Christ loves them, to tell this world that Jesus Christ is the only way to, to God the Father, to tell this world that Jesus Christ is the head of his church and no one else can take that role in that position to, to tell this world how to come to Jesus Christ and have their sins forgiven. This is important. And to build up his church, to edify and magnify the people within the church. So he alone is glorified, magnified in the world today. So be blessed. And remember, love and truth are essential in your life as they are in mine. Be encouraged as, as you work your way again through Third John. And I hope that that's a, a good encouragement and a good challenge for you. So thank you for listening. Really do appreciate that. And uh, hang in here. We're going to get to another series pretty soon. So hopefully we'll pick up some more truths from God's amazing word and learn together as to how we can encourage each other to keep pressing on and keep walking in the faith and therefore glorify God. Thanks for listening. Really do appreciate that. Have a great week and keep pressing on in love and truth for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Catch you soon.